back to another episode of What We Doing. It's your man, H.T. Sims. It's the Mick. And that guy, Joffy. And how you brothers doing today on this wonderful Sunday? Man, chilling, chilling. Heard that, man. We want to get into get right into it, man. This week, we talking good and bad business. Man, there's been a lot going on. Like, even from last episode, man. Like, even with, with DMX and not to mention what's going on in uh, Minnesota. Uh, it's been crazy, dude. So we want to get into it. Hopefully later on we have a, a guest to talk to good business in St. Louis. But we're just going to rap about it, man. Just just everything that's been going on. Just let me know. How, where is your exhausting level at right now? Let's jump right to exhausting level. Like, um, uh, right, right now with everything going on, where you at? Um, first and foremost, before we get started or even kick it off, Rest in peace to Black Rob. That's right. Yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. Died at 52 years old. Um, his first album was the dopest thing. If you, if you ain't heard it, go listen to I it. I bought it twice on accident. Yeah. Um, he, he was known for the for the uh, hit single, Whoa. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We might be playing that today. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah. to honor him. But before anything kicks off, I had to say rest in peace to Black Rob. But um, to answer your question, man, bro, I broke down. Really? Yeah, I broke down this week. Because it was just, bro, when you think about it, everything that's going on, and i kind of been saying this to myself, but I, I want people to kind of kind of feel and look at it like this. It is traumatic as fuck to see yourself die. Yes, sir. Differently. And what I mean by that is we saw Tamir Rice. Mm-hmm. He was a kid. And you think to yourself, could have been me. Yep. I could have been playing with a toy gun, pull up, bang. Easy. I ain't here. Yep. You know, we we here in, you know, lovely St. Louis, so we know about Mike Brown. Mike Brown, Mike Brown could have easily been like that. Yeah, easy. At that time. You know what I'm saying? Easy. Like, that that altercation, that incident, everything that happened, that could have easily happened to any one of us. Um, Philando Castile, who did everything right. Yeah. Still got killed. You know? Then um, we saw a video. We saw two other videos that was just, just, just you know, added to the exhaustion. Mm-hmm. So it was one. Um, well, not my one. Vi- we saw one video and we heard about the incident that happened in Minnesota. So the video, actually, the two videos that I'm talking referring to, is one uh, where there's a lieutenant, mm-hmm. it's an army lieutenant. Um, he gets pepper sprayed in his new vehicle. Mm-hmm. We, we posted it on what we doing STL.com in the Facebook group. So please check it out. Um, in reference to the video, so so just to kind of sum it up to not, you know, drag it out. Lieutenant pull uh, gets pulled over because they couldn't see his tag in the back of his car. He had tint. He slowly pulls over. Cops stop him. Two cops, weapons drawn, mm. immediately. He doesn't know why he's being pulled over. They don't tell him why he's being pulled over. He just gets pulled over. He has his hands out the window the entire video. Mm-hmm. So he's showing you that I'm not a threat because, again, he felt the need to. He's in uniform. So there's no guesswork right. as to he's a he, you know, Army lieutenant. Rank is, is shown on a video. They're yelling at him. They're yelling commands at him. They're not calm. He's calm. Calm as fuck. Yelling commands at him. He's trying to figure out why he got pulled over. He's trying to figure out why they have weapons drawn. They're not telling him. They just keep telling him to get out the vehicle. Right. He says, I'm scared to get out the vehicle. The cop says to him, you should be. See? Okay? Mm-hmm. So we keep 
Keep on going, watching the video. So right then and there, he says you shouldn't. Guy pulls on the door. He's like, please don't touch me. Please don't touch my bitch. They pepper spray. Mm. Then they open the door. Then after they open the door, they put him to the ground. He's distraught, of course. He's been pepper sprayed. He had a dog in the back. The dog has been pepper sprayed. Damn. Put him to the ground. After the incident, we see another video. So the second video that we see are the police trying to make a deal with him. Really? Look, you forget it. I'll forget it. You just go on about your way, and we'll call it a day. Like, how you come up with that one, Kevin? Yeah. So, he, of course, he's being, uh, I think this happened in Virginia. Okay. He's going to be suing the officers um, for wrongful arrest. Like, the, I mean, the video was just totally wrong. So, me being a veteran and me being a service member, of course, that just mm-hmm. struck a nerve. And then the second video, also posted in What We Doing, there's a young man walking around his neighborhood. A, now we know he was a soldier in the United States uh, Army goes and uh, approaches this this young man and basically asking him, why are you in this neighborhood? Why are you walking in this neighborhood? He's harassing the young man. He's talking to him crazy. Then he pushes him. God damn. After he pushes him, he's steady asking questions. The wife is getting involved. Why are you here? Either you leave or I'm going to knock you out and I'm going to drag you out of here the whole night. Like he takes it a step too far. Mm -hmm. Then the next day, we show up. So, and what I mean by me is we is the community. Mm-hmm. So, 50, 60 folks show up to his house. Come outside now. Yeah, for real. Yeah, talk let, all that let, shit let, now. Yeah, yeah, talk that shit now. Yeah, Come yeah, on yeah, outside yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, what ended, to a child. Yeah, to a child. So, what ended, ends up happening is uh, he's arrested, mm-hmm. and the Army makes a couple statements like, this is not acceptable behavior. We do not support this behavior. This is not shit that we, we are behind. None of that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, we'll see what happens with that. And then, of course, the incident that happened in Minnesota right. uh, to where a young man uh, – actually, it was, it was another incident that happened that wasn't a black man. That was actually a young, I think, Hispanic kid. In Chicago? They got, got shot in Chicago. Yeah, yep. So yep. all of this is going on, and you're just watching versions of yourself be harassed and killed on, on film. How do you not get traumatized by that? Somebody used the word trauma porn. I'm like, that's yeah. almost where it's at. That's where it is. Like, how do you not, how does that not fuck with you when you're just seeing day after day? Like, this mm. is in a week. Yeah. And then not only that, you're seeing, you know, black men died 50. Not, right. not 90. Right. Not like 99, if you will, if you get what I'm talking 50. about. You know, so you got all of this going on and you trying to keep your head right. But man, it's 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 traumatic. It, 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 it's it's traumatic as shit, bro. It's so it's so it's to the point. I ain't gonna say it's to the point. The vi- the visual level of things that we've been going through our entire lives for almost four hundred plus years. Even in the same breath that people say they understand what we're going through, how could this happen? It keeps happening and keep happening. It's just like I post in the group as well. We are talking about the kind of the other side of that is when you talk about all the mass shootings that's been going on in the past uh, 30 days. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you telling me that not only am I equipped with the fear that I was raised with, rightfully so, mm-hmm. we got this whole other monster that you're trying to get me to be scared of, but I'm really kind of not. Mm-hmm. The mass shooting, like, okay, the mass shooting, we talking about anything more than two people, okay. So we're talking about 
Uh, the one guy down in, I see you start getting the cities mixed up now, at FedEx. They okay. shot uh they shot himself. They shot every about eight people and then shot himself. I think this is just the entire scene. Just feel like people are slowly breaking down everywhere, mentally, physically. You combine COVID with all this. You combine the trauma that we're already going through. It's like, how do we decipher from the good and the bad business? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look, y'all. Like, just go to y'all two point, especially yours, mix. Like. All right. Now, news outside of the city, okay, I'm kind of used to it. Mm. But news that's inside of the city, that's local, that actually you can see up close with your face, that's starting to get crazy. It's starting to get crazy because people don't, I understand people don't fight no more. I get that part. But like I said last episode, people skipping these steps, man, and you getting people who just shot for nothing. No reason. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Little kids is getting shot, females yeah. getting shot, and it's over nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, saying for instance, give you an instance yesterday. Yesterday, me and my buddy, we go look at some property, right? Now, we in a fucked up neighborhood, and it's cool. and nothing wrong with that. We expected that. But as we go and we getting ready, we get in the car, all right? And we get ready to go out. Two people were fighting. Fair enough. But what made me step on the gas is I seen a banana clip. Uh, All right, so the the fight was actually pretty decent between two people, but when that banana clip, I seen that, that was it for me. I'm doing that, and I'm going to go with this driving, man. Like, I ain't the best driver in St. Louis, but this driving sometimes is getting out of control. People be thinking it's Grand Theft Auto, you know what I'm saying? Like, even at green lights, I still hit my brakes because I know it's somebody who's on the other side that want to run that light. You know, like that right there, man, is that's getting out of control too. Yeah, that's for real. So my, like, it's just an overall man, I I really feel like it's just a overall See, that's what I'm I'm trying to It's a it's a overall just feeling that's going on. That's wrong. Not at. just in St. Louis, but in this nation. Like that's it's an overall feeling that's going on and it doesn't feel it feels like we just going through something. Like everybody even though I know there are people that are, you know, acting like they're successful and claiming success mm-hmm. and showing success and showing their money and showing, you know, man, it's a lot of just depression and it's a dark cloud, not not just over the city, mm-hmm. just over this nation right now. Like, yep. it's a real, real darkness that's over us. And I, I, I can't really put my finger on the root cause. So let me... Let me but, but, it's, but, it's, but, it's, but it's something... Is something that's tangible, like you can feel it in there. Let me shoot this to you. Elijah Muhammad in Message to a Black Man says, America will always have the cloud till they do right. They, she does right by her slaves. Right? Mm. Deep. Could Look. this be that cloud he speaks of? Could you feel that? Did that give you a better framework of the the emotion or the thought that you just had? Like you couldn't put your, your, net, your finger on it, could, but given that, can you kind of see that in the mix of what you were talking about? So what I think, honestly, to that point and, and, and thinking about it, I think that we're in a transition. And I think anytime you go through a transition is when you get the most tension. Okay. okay. When your body starts to change, like okay. if you work out and your body starts to change, mm-hmm. your joints start to feel different. You wake up a little, you're going to wake up a little sore at times. You're going to feel a little different because, again, you're going through a noticeable change. And I Mm -hmm. think in America, 
black folks are getting tired. They're getting frustrated. But they're not handling it in the way that they were taught to. Right. They're, you're starting to see the rise of people investing. You're starting to see the rise of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see the rise of people getting away from certain neighborhoods and getting away from certain places and going to start their own shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're starting to see really us start to... You're seeing an awakening go on in America. And so, uh, to your point, I think that that's going to cause tension. Because, sure. again, it used to be this way. Mm-hmm. We're used to be, we're, we used to you being poor, you being a thug, yep, you yep. not being shit. So now, the inverse of that is that you have white men that are feeling attacked. Okay. And you have white power structure feeling attacked. And so you have that piece of it. And then you have all of this turmoil and, and, and tension going on in the lower ranks. Mm-hmm. So now you're seeing people act a little a little differently because, again, nobody knows what this is because it, it feels different. Okay. I mean, It, it, it feels yeah, different. I and you. so I think in it I feeling you. different, people are reacting to it differently. I think on the other side, I think in, in five to ten years on the other side of this, um, we're going to have a new set of problems. I mean, And yeah. I think the new set of problems is going to be we're going to be in a position as 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 blacks in this country that we've never been in before to where we're going to be raising a generation that are actually going to have a level pl- not not a completely level playing field but more of a a, a, a level leg up if field you will we've ever had okay and we're going to be able to compete and in being able to compete we're going to have to deal with those problems so this is what I'm I'm glad you brought this up because it goes back to why we talk about the good and bad business so now we know that the the trust levels between us has been minimal in past years. We understand the fear of the entrepreneurship that you were talking about yeah. just then. Yeah, uh, now, and it, when we talk about the legal standpoint of it all, I know everybody tired of the protesting. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And, and then, and then yeah. you see Minnesota is getting ready for whatever happens uh, with the Chauvin trial because Honestly, we kind of know what we don't know, what we then we know, you know what I'm saying, that yeah. type of deal. So when, like you say, when you get to that five, ten year mark, do you, as, as like you say, a small media company, as entrepreneurs ourselves, mm-hmm. can you see a way that we can employ business practices that we know that we can get over the top and not be fearful of? Because like you say, you're going to be in this new space. What kind, better yet, here's the question. What kind of people do we have to have in place to make sure that the business that's coming to us going forward gets handled properly. Oh, well, that's easy. So any media space, especially those that serve the community, hmm. are going to have to think about things in the way of this. You're going to have to be independent. Sure. There we go. You're, you're not going to be able to come up under anybody's thumb. Yeah. Because the information yeah. is going to be too, too valuable at that point. So if we get to talking about real shit, like if we get to talking about investing, which we will. It's mm-hmm. coming. We, mm-hmm. We're going to have a entire show on investments. And yeah. We're going to go deep. Uh, yeah. We're going to sure. go deep on it. You know, sure. All, it's links, already in the making. Links, grass, yeah. triple curve, yeah. grass, all that. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. we're going to go deep on it. Yeah. So when you're talking things like that that can change people's lives, entrepreneurship that can change people's lives, banking practices, uh, political structure, mm-hmm. when you're talking that, there that, go. that, there that go. deep, deep, what Dr. Claude touched on, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, what Marvis Garvey was talking When you get to talking about that that real, real dangerous information that changes lives, mm-hmm. you can't do that under a structure 
that is owned by a corporation that doesn't have that interest because you will be directly working against the interests of that corporation at all times. And what, and what we mean by that is if you, so the dream is always you start a podcast, you get hot, somebody comes and buys your podcast. Exactly. Okay. I'm with you, you go take right the in. bag, you go to Barstool, you go to whatever, whatever, whatever big I platform, heart, you, can, whatever, I heart, whatever big platform you can go to, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Mama made it. Mm-hmm. I got this money, mm-hmm. right? The instant you start to talk any shit that they don't want to hear, the instant you start to play music, the instant you start to promote things that are not in alignment with what they are in alignment with, then they can say, you can't do that anymore. They can censor you. Yeah. You can't be censored by the United States Constitution or or the the, the airways, Mm -hmm. SEC, but you can be censored by the company that owns you, essentially. Right. So what we're going to have to do is, like like, like my man Furious Style says, we got to keep everything black. Black owned, black communities, black black, uh, creators, black grocery stores, black banks. Mm -hmm. You got to. Why? Or you need to link up with people who don't mind doing business with black people. Because that's that's a thing, too. So you got two things. You got you got black people that are going to be owning things, and you have people that say, look, money's green. As long as the money green, we right. do business. Yeah, yeah. If you can get if you can find a common ground with someone who can help you and you can do a, a, a win-win business situation with, now we're talking something. And that has to happen moving forward. That has to happen moving forward because if it doesn't, all this shit that we doing, I don't care if you start a podcast. I don't care if you start an independent business. If it is not black owned, it can be squashed because whoever is financing you is That's who controls control. you. That's yeah. facts. So, uh, it, period. Like when you talk about just collaboration, we talking about Akon with the Chinese for electricity for Ghana. You know what I mean? When you talk about say a, a, a music label going on your podcast, not like you can shut it down, mm-hmm. but if this person owns his masters, then mm-hmm. that person has to reach out. Or you reach out to that person, be like, hey, man, you like what we're talking about? We use your music to do this nine times out of ten. If the, if you're pushing somebody's music, they're going to be with it. So it has to be, so in short, it has to be partnerships yeah. instead of what it used to be. What go. it used to be was, yeah, yeah. again, you got hot, they bought you, they gave you a bag, you walked away. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. From this perspective, follow me. I'm going to use Jay as an example. I, I knew that, that was on his way like Captain USA. Use Jay as an example. Because it is It makes relevant. sense. It makes title, sense. Title. What he did with title. So what he did with title was brilliant. He owns the catalog. I sell you a part of my catalog the first time. I have majority ownership. Uh, Jack Dorsey, Square comes along, mm-hmm. says, hey, let me get 50% of that. Cool. I already had 30%. Right. So this fifty, this other 50% that I have, okay, yeah, all right. cut me a check. I'm still owner. I'm st- I still have a stake in it. I'm still majority. I'm taking your cash. I'm taking your money. I'm going to use your infrastructure and your resources, but I still have a say-so. That's the way we got to do business going forward because, again, if – Yes, we can we can do the Garvey thing and we can independently do everything. Sure. But we are literally fighting uphill if we do it that way. 
as opposed to we already control the cool. Mm-hmm. We already control sports and entertainment. Yo. We already know that. We, we control yeah. sports and entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So if you're going to control sports and entertainment, you got to get on the business side of sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. You gotta, we we got to get more puffies and less, you know what I'm saying, little, little shysties, little whoever. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. We, we do. Because we always going to have people that can create the art. And yeah. we can, bro, love the music, cool. But if you don't own the music, how do I ever, how do I ever, to, to what Jaffe sometimes speaks on, like we get mad at the content. Right. Well, how the fuck you going to get mad at the content? You don't own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the motherfucker that yeah. own it don't look like you. So he has no stake in you putting out murder, murder, kill, kill, kill three niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He has no, no he, stake in it. Matter of fact, he sees a profit in it. Right. So, so there's no profit. fucking balance. Yeah, yeah. So because I'm never mad at the art. I'm mad at the balance when there is yeah. okay. If I if I get murder, murder, kill, kill, and kill three kids, then I also need to get an optimistic, you know, I or agree. sounds of blackness, mm-hmm. or because then the consumer can say, I don't want to listen to this. I want to listen to this. I, I want to listen to Kendrick and Cole. I don't want to listen to who who little whatever. Mm-hmm. And both of them are being promoted at the same level. Yep. So that's the bullshit that we get. We'll get one that's promoted and put into your living room and, and pushed on you. And then we'll get one that's like, eh. Yeah. We may know. not like them, whatever, whatever. They didn't play the game right, politics and all of that. So in a roundabout way to answer your questions from a business perspective, man, we've always had the answer. So the, I guess the real question before we you know, get into another topic is, the execution. That's where I'm at. How, how do we start to execute on what Malcolm was saying and Garvey was saying? And okay. All of these people were saying, which is we need to become self-sufficient, black-owned, black-operated. So how do we do it? So this is the thing. And I'm glad you brought up earlier about a feeling, right? Because I've been saying this since we started the show about the trust in the community, right? I feel like the feeling I get with the cloud that we're talking about that's over this nation right now it's forcing people, and, and COVID is a corporate in this as well, it's forcing people to find their own, right? Mm-hmm. So it's because you put in there, you probably have connected with people clean across the world in your time of quarantine, just look mm-hmm. for something new. Now we kind of have, we have backed ourselves into almost, not even backed ourselves in the corner, that's the wrong way to say it, but if we keep stepping back from these issues, when we turn around at this point, we're only going to see each other. Because of everything that's going on, everybody knows they're killing us. Everybody knows about the redlining. Even when you oh, talk about it, oh, you know oh, what I'm saying? You, you being nice about it. Let's keep no, wait, it funky. No, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let, let, let me roll with it. Let we, me roll with it. We, we can keep it funky. Like, um, I want to live around black people. Sure, okay, but that's not so much where I'm going, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, no, yeah, but what yeah, I mean, I, I want to do best with black people. I want to live around black right. people because I feel safe. Sure. And I'm, I'm just talking about <laughs> as, a global, as a global business deal. Like, because you see how everything has been structured. Everybody knows everything at this point. So if we can look at other other groups and see, we've already known, but now we see it. Now we have the opportunity now to do the same thing. If a person does not see the value in that, then they're going to find themselves without a tribe. Because now we're going back to tribes. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, if, yeah. if you... If you're looking at us but I, and you but, see everywhere we're going... But I guess to that point is what I'm saying is... Is that I think we're being forced into trial. That's what I'm talking. That's exactly what I I'm saying. I think we're being forced into exactly trial. I think I, about. I think the situation is saying. That's what I'm look, saying. You better get around some people that are like minded. That's what I'm talking about. Because if you don't, that's it will not. Saying. It will be. It, it will win. not be advantageous for you to continue to try to mix and match with people 
who like-minded to you. And to your point, that may not necessarily mean because all 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 skin folk ain't kin folk. Right. So it may not necessarily mean that it's all black. That's my point. It may it may be because again, again, it's gonna be like minded. But you also got to remember that our culture is more than just black. Mm-hmm. Blackness also bleeds in the hip hop. It bleeds in the jazz. It bleeds mm-hmm. in the rock and roll. It mm-hmm. bleeds in the, it bleeds in the sports. It bleeds into all of this shit. So you want to be around people that have the same type of mentality that you have. Mm-hmm. I have kids that I want to play X amount of sports. So that's my community. Right. So in our community, we don't talk this way or we don't do these certain things. Or I want kids that think about entrepreneurship. So I'm going to be around people that's constantly talk- like that's what is get- it's that's- down there. But from a safety perspective, it definitely means that black folks, black, the, the black neighborhood. In the next five to ten years, will rise. Oh, I, I, I definitely rise. agree. Yeah, matter of fact, it will be a thing. The you, black neighborhood will be a thing, and when I say neighborhood, I mean the businesses that control that that geographical area as well. So it won't just be black people living together. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be black banks, black hospitals, black like it's gonna be. Real. That's what that's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be real. And you said, and you said exactly what I was talking about. Because like even the quote, uh, Moo Fresh on Thunderfire, it will be divided by your mind, not your skin. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. given that, because if there's certain stances that I'm saying that if people publicly say uh-huh. that you know for a fact that you just got to get away from because yeah. you never know what's going on. If you support the, the what's going on with in Minnesota out loud, like state, uh, I forget the one white kid name that popped up with the AR. Kyle. Uh, Kyle Yeah, yeah. Wait, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he's a part of his of his nuclear family, so you know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. You ha- I, At this point, if you if you feel a certain way about certain things, it used to be like, all right, well, we agree, disagree. No, I don't know what you got in your house to execute your point. There you go. Now, but, fellas, like, sorry to cut you no, off. No, no, you not. Go ahead, go ahead. I want to answer your question, mm-hmm. and I want to answer your question before we get too far off on another one. All right? To answer your question, uh, it's got to be... We have to, okay, as far as a media company, by us being small, Mix, you got a good point. But a lot of stuff that we put out, okay, we have to be responsible for what we put out sometimes. Absolutely. Yep. And I'm I'm taking this off of uh, Queensbridge. Uh, what's this fucker's name? Uh, one podcast. All right, he used to put great shit out, but he did it. People would come up and see him. You see what I'm saying? Every time. Yeah. Uh, Queens Flip. Yeah. 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 They'll come up and get at him. Yeah. I'm not feeling okay. Uh, yeah, they come and get at him. Um, the, the, the so answer, what he does? So Queens Flip. Mm-hmm. So what he does? He's a bit of a troll. Okay, yeah. right, but okay. he puts out some some crazy shit. Okay, yeah, he and he's counterculture. So he'll just put out something crazy because mm-hmm. it gets clicks and it gets links. Uh, it gets likes rather. And people like to Jaffe's point, fuckers be mad. I and bet. They come to the city and they like, yo, fuck you, fuck you on type shit. Right, so right. he has to then stand on. To Jaffe's point, so if we put out, if if what we doing is is a black empowerment podcast, and we talk about the, our communities and we talk about things that are going on in our culture, we got to stand on that. That's right. So we that, again, we what we doing, not what we saying. That's right. So we got to be that. And what's happening is is that people, because of all this polarizing shit that's going on, to your point, people are taking hard stances in the same. That's right. Mm-hmm. And there's no more of this little of this. Hey, I go to work and I got this white coworker. Yeah, man. And they're a Trump supporter, mm-hmm. and we disagree, but we cool. Nah, because then I see 
certain videos and I post certain videos and then I get certain reactions. And they, you know, um, we even had one before we go to break. Mm. I'll be extremely quick with this. We had a person in the group that disagreed with a, a, a certain stance that I had. And again, that's fine. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go back and forth. I'll have that dialogue. Mm. But where he lost me is, and this is the one with the soldier video. Okay. Okay. So where he lost me was, well, why didn't he just comply? Well, why didn't he just do what he was telling him to do? It's All he had to easy. do was what he was being told to do. It's not that and easy. Then he, and then he, he proceeded to go and say, see, the protest is what's separating us. The protest is the reason why we can't come together as a nation. Man, I'm going to break. Bro. Good, sir. You're an idiot, so man, we're going to go uh, ahead and block man, you. Man, I'm going to break. Let Don't me answer his question after your break. Yeah, go ahead. Man, I'm going to Y'all get ready to put y'all up on something, man. When you see something ill, you know what I mean? That shit is Anything you know, you see it. Nigga, have a big six at the club. That's a Just they got the fully equipped kid on it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I had this ass with some town. She was had me fucked up in the head. I mean, walked the fifth time with some pearls. I mean, should have seen them shit signing on the wrist. I'm money in the problem, see my dough is like Now my bank on y'all niggas like Lost a few slips two tenths like Baggies on the feet, my blueprints, I'm like Had to hit the brakes from y'all niggas like Niggas getting broke on my block like Coming home within a half an hour like Running like they had the manpower like More or less, more so I really get so so I live the fast life Come through in the world slow like whoa my nigga, like Joe, like Joe, Nitro, my flow, nice clothes, like flow. He's paid with cocaine, like whoa. Now I'm Doc Strange in the range, like whoa. Hundred miles an hour switching lanes, like whoa. Plus I'm getting brain from the chick, like whoa. Finger near nigga, asshole, like whoa. Team floor bitches and bitches, like whoa. Nine nine tag been poop, like whoa. Keep them cheese lines on your blocks, like whoa. Grenade through your window, bitch. Like whoa, love to see me do this shit. Like whoa, niggas put me through this shit. Like whoa, so I'ma go toe to toe, blow for blow. Like whoa, and rip the toe slow, live the fast life. Come through in the ball slow. Like whoa, my niggas like go, like throw, like throw, like flow, like flow, like whoa. We bag it, then flip it. Like whoa, cars we jack it, then strip it. Like whoa. Full of equipment, front to back like whoa. Spitting on fiends that come for crack like whoa. Asking for shorts and shit, nigga, like whoa. Half on this quote, now nigga, that's whoa. Flow so properly, you'll see I'm whoa. Ain't no stopping me, I'm beat like whoa. Guns be popping, beat retreat like whoa. Hear my name in these streets, it's like whoa. Must I pound the concrete like whoa. Fill his bitch ass, head to feet like whoa. Your man ain't whoa. Looking like an ATL is whoa. Niggas flipping hoes in shot town is whoa. 
Bitches taking paper in LA is whoa. Niggas stacking dough in DC is whoa. Beyond DR, hold me down like whoa. Ballers in Detroit, hold me down like whoa. Niggas in New Orleans getting money is whoa. Boston and Jersey motherfuckers is whoa. Florida niggas and Philly niggas is whoa. Camp in Texas, Cleveland is whoa. Memphis and Lil' Rock, my niggas is whoa. Panama niggas, they hold me down like whoa. My New York people, they hold me down like whoa. Bad boy nigga, what is wrong we whoa? Alumni bitches, what is wrong we whoa? And CSC, motherfuckers is whoa. Nigga fuck out, what is wrong he whoa? Nigga, wait a minute, I will be there Lean on me, but let us get rid of the enemy Nigga, we singing a wild, wild If you think you can hang it, I'm paying See that we are more than 30 More than 30, more than 30 We're just a little twist of harmony 
nigga, this one's for me and my friends. We still be rolling. I told you, keep bringing home platinum and go. It's pat, pat, put it all on the ground, get bones. Yeah, we used to get down. Get down. Put the clap back, put it on the ground, I get down.
So I murdered them, baby Get them up with him, it's good See him on the corner and they slangin' them drugs Give me them shots, I tell the Glock like 88 to 10 Killers be pumpin' them slugs Niggas me fed him, me tell him It's honest, me 12 gauge eruption And I'm on the road in the church And that daddy be bustin' They bout to be bustin' me killer With a bust shot, I'm a billion No more assassin, still a real nigga Down from a crime Niggas be down to the state to the grind Niggas just goin' insane Takin' a trip to the prime And man, so come to the chamber Wet me the thing up off of this murder gang And I'm feelin' not a bit remorseful My 12 gets just so forceful So play your hate when I make your time The nigga be fuckin' them down And I'm givin' up peace to the hustlers The stills and 12 gets bumps The drugs and me gutters My murder been down now Put them on the ground, lay down Nigga take my slang The way that we swing When I'm comin' to serve you With a night cocktail It's ready to pop Lettin' off just lazy Be screamin' I murder more murder To the ground, better leave it alone. Nigga wanna die when fucking weird. Most of nigga, we kill this bitch. Now you wanna catch some bang bang. Nigga wanna die when I let my last hang. What is this in me? Make me feel like I got some murder. Yeah, you're slipping I'm high. Pull up my ticket, nigga, you die. So just for killers, we creeping, they're coming to hurt ya. More murder. Better back that slide, fine. Feeling like killing you dying tonight. You don't wanna hear that clap pop. When that clap pop, clap don't stop. We all about murder mode. Finger on the trigger, more thug, let go. We straight from Cleveland. Clap back, nigga, you bleed on. You don't wanna fuck with bone Pull it neck from now, nigga, get down If you wanna die, bye See you, nigga, let mama cry Watch most of the killers, pom, pom Put them in the ground with his head blown down More murder, more murder, more murder
Anyway, welcome back to what we doing, man. We was just jamming out to that bone, man, on the real. That East 1999 might is, is not even might in my top five greatest albums of all time. Classic. It's gonna be hard to push it out of there. You Classic. can say what you want to about the career, man, but that album nah, is you can't say what you want about the career. You can't like the crossroads, certain shit. You know what I'm saying? The nah, solo shit. Nah, they was good. Do we not doing that? They you know was consistent for. They just never top what they. Nobody ever tops the album yeah, or the single. Yeah, like nobody ever tops the album. Or the, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They was, they was. No, nah, Bone, Bone is definitely uh, top three group for me. Sure, um, sure, easy. And that album is 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 top ten, but it's creeping into my top five. I was listening I, to it the other day, and I was like, man, from front to back, that was a good album. You not it, fucking with East ninety nine, and not just the 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 beats and the originality lyrically. Them niggas I mean, I'm telling you, if you start off my island playlist with you know my island albums with two things with two albums, Doggy Style and East okay. 999, that starts it off. If that's my only two, I'll be all right to the boat come. I, hey, I ain't mad at <laughs> you. You know what I'm saying? That is something that we got to look into. Probably not this episode, but a episode we got to do an island five. A island five, a hard island five. A hard island five. We'll think about it. Yeah. Hey, when, this, when the when the weather breaks and we're out here feeling good about it, we'll, we'll do it then. Yeah, we'll but do anyway, that. Anyway, we're talking good and bad business, man. This is what we're doing. All as always, some of the conversations that we bring up during this conversation we had on social media. So don't forget to check us out on what we're doing, SL.com, what we're doing, the Facebook group, and IG. If you're still with it. But we talking good and bad business, everything going on where we need to be. Jeff, you look like you suck. Got something on your mind, boss. All right. Now, just to go to answer your question. All right. Now, good and bad business, right? Mm-hmm. Topic. All right. Let's go with bad business first. Bad business. Rest in peace to the man who lost his life in Baden. I think this was two or three days ago. An Uber driver. Mm. To what some, happened there? Some, some young cat wanted to rob it. Didn't mm. know that the Uber don't carry cash at all. So, guy couldn't give it up. He shot him. That's, bad business. That's all the way bad business. Which, speaking of which, that area, the dispensary over there, good mm. or bad business? Good Is it good now, bad later? Is it bad now, good later? Which Let I me think? answer your question of that. It's good business for the dispensary. It's bad business for the people who go in there and buy. <laughs> One, because you safe on the lot. Yeah. You yeah. fucked up off the lot. Yeah. Follow your ass home. Fuck your shit up. So you said, I hope you're leaving her going straight down the other direction. Go clean left. Go clean right for a minute. But well, you, you got okay. Look. So that po- so I'll post a question then. Hold Off on. Let me answer your question before you do that. Sir. Okay. Um, now the thing is, you asked the question of uh, the Marcus Garvey thing. All right. What do we need to get back there? All right. What and, do we need to do to execute? Is what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And a How lot of execute? that. The reason why I brought up that earlier thing with the rest in peace guy is. Our youth is mm-hmm. the main answer to this. Okay, like if we can have our youth to where we can, I ain't going to say control them, but show them a... a you believe the children it? are our future? Show them a healthy... Teach them well in. Let them show be them the a way. healthy future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or show them a healthy ways to make money. You see what I'm saying? Or healthy ways to build together other than everybody got to be their own chief. You see what I'm saying? Because that's what's problem. out these days. Everybody wants to be their own chief. Nobody part of, part wants of the to follow. Problem. And when we collaborate, do, when we do get a leader, or when do we do get somebody that's ahead, we can't be so quick to chop him down. He's human, just like us. Uh, yeah. 
So yeah, I was gonna bring up the or Kendall Cudgy or she. Or most she. likely gonna be a she if we no, really being real with it. Yeah, or she because we lot. got a we got a new mayor. Yeah, black a, woman. Yeah, because a lot of times what happens is we can have a great leader. Let's go with Marcus Garvey. All right, now his history was he was black star line. All right, so what he tried to do is get the most shifts that he possibly could, bring them down to Jamaica. You see what I'm saying? But what wind up happening to it? We kind of like stoned him to death. That's how Marcus Garvey died. He was stoned to death in Jamaica. One, because the quality of the ships that he got were not up to par. You see what I'm saying? Everybody felt that they was being cheated. Mm. So, therefore, as long as we're not hurting our own leaders, you see what I'm saying? We'll strive for See, I, and I feel like my, my only pushback to that, though, Joffy, though, I don't think we need the leader per se. I think the leader should be the example that's already been set in the past that we're trying not to repeat. You see what I'm saying? I think once we get to that that leader status, like you said, the one thing, the first thing we do is try to chop them down and say, who is this? And then we get too single-minded. You know what I'm saying? We cannot, we can't move forward until we, we can't, we can't move forward under one mind. We have to move in a, a certain accord, but not one mind. Because Different thoughts spark different things, different ways of creating. Like, so if that divides two things, if this person's at the head of the table, per se, and anybody has any thought that's outside of the thought process of the table, then we shun them. And I don't think that's healthy either, though. Nope. I don't think we need a leader. I cringe every time I hear it. Mm -hmm. I think we need a code. Sure. The code is the leader. Because yeah. everybody's a leader. Uh, you got followers on Instagram, then you obviously leading them. Yep, yep. How you're leading them, that is completely up to you. And if you're conscious of it, then you can lead them either in a good positive direction that's going to bear fruit or a negative direction that's not going to actually get them to their destination or their goal in which they seek. So you can choose to lead how you want to lead individually. What we need is an overall, this is how a code of conduct. This is what we do. This is what we don't do. Right. To your point and the question that I wanted to, to pose to you, Joffy, while you were talking was a lot of times we look at neighborhoods and we'll say black people, black community, well, it's fucked up. It has no value. Same white folks come in that same neighborhood. Buy four, five buildings. Fix those four, five buildings up. Mm-hmm. Move in a couple of their people. And then gentrify it, we get pissed and say, well, you know, Baton used to be black. Yeah, hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you gave it away. Yeah. It, yeah. it didn't. You gave it, it away. You didn't want mm-hmm. You didn't want what was going down there. You didn't, you didn't want to, you know, you build didn't. or invest in that. Because, again, to turn around these neighborhoods, I think the misconception is, because we watch too much TV, yeah. is that. Is this just like it's this evil drug dealer gang that's in the neighborhood, and you got to make a deal with the gang? Yeah, for protection like, and yeah, money flowing. Yeah, yeah, you got to make a deal with the gang. Or they come like, in and like knock meteor all man. Your stuff over. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because they just coming in there mm-hmm. and they just knocking stuff over and they beating up old ladies. Yeah, when it's really look invest in that neighborhood because sure. we see that it works. Buy one store. Mm-hmm. Get your folks together. Buy the store next to the next store. Buy the store next to that one. Hire security for those for those three stores. See, make sure security is good for those three stores. Mm-hmm. Those three stores take that profit, and we look to expand to a fourth store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we buy the fourth store. 
then we then keep, we get security for that next store. See, this- then when the customers come in and they give you more money, you now have four or five stores that are getting money from the community. You can now do what's called group economics. Your dollar can stay in your community for more than six hours. It can bounce to your community between eight to 12 times like other communities do, Jewish, Asian, so on and so forth. And I'll be damned. Baton now looks like whatever suburb you, you, you can think talk, of. Even if you talk security, though, that you're not needing security if, if you build in the neighborhood in the way that you laid out and everybody is invested because we did this and then somebody saw the trains like, hey, now I got money. Great. Let's get this fifth one. Oh, what y'all doing? I've got 10. Great. Now now Damn. we all want everybody to everybody move. Everybody want to see the system. Everybody want to see but, the system but, work because we see the system. But, but one, we got to implement the system. Sure, Two sure. is to Joffy's point. Sure, sure. What we can't do is this, this everybody got to have their own. Nobody can... Look, we got to collaborate. We've got to come together. We got to. If we have something, and, and what we're doing as a platform, an organization, staff, and a label, <laughs> uh, what we're saying is if you have something that is valuable, if you have a business that you want to be promoted, please reach out to us. What we do on STL.com. We have a section on there for people to promote their business. Yes. yes. If if you need a commercial, we can do commercials. That's right. If you yeah. need something taped or recorded, we can do that as well. Um, yeah. We can all we also do merch. We can sell your merch on our site. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying this as a promotional tool. What we're saying is is that we are providing our platform to you to be able to grow your platform because together we're stronger. That's right. And yeah. together we can do some shit. Because together we can go out and buy plots of land. Yeah. Together we can go out. And, and basically section off a section of the city and say, look, these are going to be for black business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and this is where you go if you want to go and shop for shoes, clothes, blunts, whatever. Whatever we got going in on. In a minute, weed. Man, in a minute, weed. Yep, yep. You know what I'm saying? You got a section to where you can go and where you can go and actually spend your money. You feel safe. Mm-hmm. Your money coming back to you because it's just bouncing around in the community. That's that's how you start a Black Wall Street. Oh, let me get to let me correct something too. Um, now, as far as the Marcus Garvey thing, now the reason why it didn't work was because of corruption and quality of ships. Now I'm correcting something because when he got down in Jamaica, they tried to stone him to death. All right, but he, what wind up happening is the same thing with Holly Selassie. He was exiled in the United Kingdom, and he wind up dying. You see what I'm saying of two strokes. Uh, now. The hard part of this is, well, it's not the hard part of that, but the, the hard part of trying to unify everybody because that's what, what we're doing is that's what we do. We're trying to link the whole city up. You see what I'm saying? So if you got, like he's saying, if you got merch, if you, you know what I'm saying, you got music, you even want a podcast, we can do all that shit that you asking for as long as you, we just want to combine things. You see what I'm saying? Instead of Because we're stronger together. And again, to, we're not gonna get everybody. No, yeah. you can't. Nor am I expecting to. No, and nor no, no. do I even, quite honestly, want everybody. I don't. <laughs> I don't. That's a good some point people, too. Some people don't have the mentality. That's a good point too. For what I and it, my older self is realizing that that I'm not gonna continue to go back and forth or argue with people who don't have the mentality to understand what we're trying to do in a positive way. Yeah, there you go. If if we are saying that, look, we are trying to buy real estate because we want to put folks in in homes, and you just can't see it, and it just ain't. If your whole mentality is we'll never, then we'll okay, never, yeah. then we then, won't, then we won't, but then we won't do business. We, we definitely we will like never. It. You know what I'm saying? That's we won't thing. do business with you. That's real because somebody doing it. Yeah, it's that's that's the, the whole point. Yeah, somebody yeah. doing it. Yeah. Somebody is 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 taking the time. 
to actually put business together. And there's a bunch of different platforms to where there are black entrepreneurs, there are black creatives, there are black people that are putting their best foot forward, whether it be creating shoes, create, creating clothes, um, tech companies. Mm. There's all types of incredible and crazy things going on, and you can be a part of it. Now's the time. Super. So either you can have the mentality that, look, we're gonna, I'm going to do my part, and I'm going to bring what I can bring to it. Or you're going to have the mentality of it'll never happen. And because it'll never happen, I'm not going to add to yeah, it. Yeah. I'm just going to talk shit about it. That's cool, too. So let, let me just uh, this this is what I'm about to bring up now. I know it's a half an hour topic, right? But I just want to touch on it real quick. We'll come back to it at another time. So one of the big – everybody has – everybody in the black community has a family member or they themselves – been caught up in the system, right? So one of the things that coming out of jail and all that is finding gainful employment, mm-hmm. probation, all this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Checking the I am a felon box and and going through that whole process of maybe they'll hire me, maybe they won't, mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. If we can get to a point that we've just laid out over these this past five minutes or so, one thing we can say is, yeah, I know Hakeem was a felon, but I know what what happened to get him there, and I, I know how he was before. I know how he is now, and I can use him in this. I don't care about the felony stuff. I know he's ready. He's a different person. I know he's ready to go after it. I know he's trying to be positive. I know he's trying to feed his family. I know this. I'm looking at him. I, he's, part, I, he's part of my community. So when he comes in looking for work, I got to do is talk to him. I know where his head's at. We don't have to worry about your past. I know what you're trying to do going forward. That in itself, the value in that option frees us almost exponentially. So if we don't create a system where people can go and be truly reformed and have opportunity to get out of the mess, they, a lot of people coming out of jail really like, realize they put themselves in, then we are not doing everything we can for us. Dr. Claude Anderson said it is criminally wrong that we allow our children to go to other communities to beg for a job. Yeah, facts. Yeah. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. If we don't create institutions where people can come home feel like they can get a second chance yeah or held in some some opportunity uh some instances get a first chance yeah there you yeah. go some of these guys been locked up since 16 15 years yeah you get know. being tried as adult at yeah. 15 some never had a legitimate job period right they don't even know so what they don't even know what a first chance looks right. like, let right. alone a second that's right so you can put them in a position and uh talking about marijuana and the and we but some of them have been locked up for things that are now legal now, yeah. which is fucking nuts. Cultivating the cannabis, man. Yeah, so you have those folks. You you have people that just weren't given an opportunity. And if that's that's an oppor- that's a huge gap that we can we can kind of lessen um, instead of halfway houses. Oh, you can man. actually have uh, institutions that that um, teach certain skills that are lacking mm-hmm. and that we need jobs for, mm-hmm. and actually teach some of these returning citizens. And and let them get the opportunity to get some of those jobs, you know, remote opportunities, yeah. things to where you don't have to interact with people. Let's talk about compassion to people in the process, right? You're talking about people, your probation officers, your prosecutors, your judges. A lot of them never had family members to go through the system at all. So they Facts. they have a certain level, they have a certain perspective. If, like you say, the halfway house is some bullshit in itself. But yeah, it if you have somebody at the beginning part of that process to say, hey, look, I know this is new territory. But from the person you meet, myself or the person that runs this program, 
Every person you meet after that is looking out for your best interest. And if for any reason they don't, they're not part of this next line. So please trust the process. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this too. Like, let's go with a halfway house. Now, I've got a couple of people that then went back and forth. Used to work at this job to where it wasn't nothing but halfway house people. Nothing wrong with them. Now, one thing that I learned there is if you don't show me your past, I can show you a brand new future. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. As long as you're not dragging that past on. Now, the, the bad part about the halfway house, well, the good part is you get off parole early. Okay. The bad part about that is you got to keep a job, you got to stay clean, and you got to pay. You see what I'm yeah. saying? That's the hard part. All, all devices used to make sure you go back. Yeah, so the, the real bad part is it's the same shit that's in prison. You got vices everywhere. You see what I'm saying? So you wind up, you stay in the halfway. Some people stay in the halfway house longer than they supposed to because mm-hmm. they still unfocused with the dumb shit. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Instead of, okay, you got out of prison, here's your job. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that you learned in prison, here's your job right here. Report here. Do this right here. Do this here. But, that person, but that person has to, that person that you're talking about, that's running the whole thing has to care if they fuck up or not. If they don't care, they fuck up. Then you, some people gonna get lost in the sauce as you described. I call that it person the has got to. They got to care. If they don't care, like hey, go back and forth. That's job security. Yep. And they got to learn how to care first. Some people do do not. They don't know don't, how to care. Don't put that person things. in a position to be the 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 ward of the halfway house or whatever if they don't care. You see what I'm saying? You can you can tell you can talk to somebody and know if they have a general empathy for people in general. And a lot of times they. The folks that don't have been jaded by the system. Sure. And the ones that do have someone in the system. And so they have a bit of compassion for somebody who had to go through certain things and had to experience certain things. And they're trying to help. Like most people don't get into that line of business not to, to help. Don't don't get into those careers to not to help. It's just that they get so jaded by mm-hmm. the way the system is set up. That's why I propose you set up something new. You set up something to where somebody can actually talk to Someone who was an ex-felon at one point in time. Yeah. Certain skill sets can be taught. Because, again, it's all lack of resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. You, if you provide resources for people, if you provide resources for people, then you will get to a point to where poverty and crime and some of the things that we complain about won't be an issue. And the reason why it won't be an issue is because we have eliminated the root cause. Right, right. Anywhere that you go... The root causes of that, if you look at the 30 most dangerous places in America, they have two things in common. Poor education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Poor education and poverty. That, exactly. So if you fix those two things, and when I say from the education standpoint, because I know some people, college ain't, college don't matter, college ain't shit, woo-woo-woo-woo-woo. Man, I hear you, mm-hmm. but I also know that you – over the lifespan of your of your career are going to make more money if you have certain certifications and certain level of education. It's just, it, it, is just it, is. it is what it is. It is what it is. So if you want to kind of, I guess, shortcut that, then there are certain certifications that you can get that's going to make you 56. I mean, we, we you always need a plumber. All the you time. Always need, you always need a contractor. You always need an electrician. All the time. That's you know? never and then going now to... with the IT, it's certain IT certifications to where if you have that certification, it's so rare, you're talking 50, 60, 70, $80,000. Even outside of the rarity of it all, the overall market need, you talk about yeah. cybersecurity and things of that nature. Yep. You know what I mean? So Secu- Security plus, yeah. C plus, A plus. 
CISSP. All of these certifications that I'm naming are money cert, or what's called in in because I've participated in that field. They're called money certs. Mm-hmm. The reason why we call them money certs is if you have them, you gonna make some money. Yeah. Because the need for you and that skill set is growing. Every business needs cybersecurity. Every Everyone. business needs to be able to protect the information that they have. Every business expansion even needs more cybersecurity. Yeah, Absolutely. we can. We was able to handle this, but we're trying to move this way. Yeah. Several wise. How do we do that and still maintain right. the and level then of security? Eventually, we're going to have to personalize it because right now it's just uh, put a virus protector on your computer and voila. No, like you actually. You're keeping your phone. You you keeping all the shit from your phone, from yeah, the cloud on your on your computer. Yeah, you yeah. keeping important documents. Yeah. You're gonna need something that's gonna be able to yeah. to it, take it, care of you and certify you. And like you say, in the in the in the level of uh, just independence. Yeah. We got so a, we got a guest that's coming. Uh, hey, how you doing, Mister Robert Eleven X? Can you hear us? I barely can hear you. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, welcome to what we're doing, man. Can you hear us? Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, brother. Thank you for inviting me as a guest on your show. Um, I got a question for you, Mister uh, Robert Eleven. Uh, my question to you is: uh, With your business, what made you want to go into business for yourself? Thirty years to life, I was looking at facing that as a result of illegal drug sales in the city of St. Louis that didn't amount to, uh, for me personally, it didn't amount to the amount of time that they was trying to throw at me. Um, So I knew that along with looking at that and being set up um, by a guy who was a police informant that I didn't know, um, and then the police telling me who who uh, set me up. I knew that that was something that I had to do different. I had to make a change in my life because I I saw how they wanted to you know kill two birds with one stone. Uh, have me to kill him, and then I go to jail for murder. And I wasn't gonna participate in that, so I changed my life. Started selling some Yellow Rose air fresheners back in the time that it was really, really popular. It was very popular. I was working at a car lot prior to, at the same time I was selling the drugs, I was working at a car lot. Mm, and, uh, and I saw how this air freshener and this tire shine was really attracting our uh, people. Okay. And for me, you know, I had the mind at that time to just not only just be looking at drug sales i was looking at whatever i could sell i used to buy radios and stereos me and my brother and we used to uh, sell them to the young guys that lived in our area so my mother she she took us at a very young age door to door selling encyclopedias world book encyclopedias and we stayed on arlington and Birchill. so we was in the walnut park area pushing books Mm. and we never sold none but nevertheless, the the example that my mother established in us was to go out and do something for yourself. And so when um, I'm looking at this type of jail time and most of the guys that are around me, that was around me at that time, they only knew to sell drugs. I used to always, you know, make joke to make a make 
kind of fun at them and say, I ain't just a drug dealer. I'm a hustler for real. Okay. And, um, and so it was that looking at that kind of time, looking at how the police told me who set me up and seeing how that whole thing could have played out. That made me say, now nah, this is not the life I want to live. So I didn't just immediately get out of it. It took some time for me to get out of it. And in the meantime, by that time, I had joined the Nation of Islam. Okay. And on top of that, um, well, let me go back. I didn't join the Nation of Islam. I was exposed to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad at okay. first. I heard Minister Farrakhan in like 1989. And so um, after that, while I was selling drugs to, you know, my people, uh, I was also talking to them about letting the drugs alone, the sisters, why are you doing this to yourself and, and this and that. And so eventually I wind up talking my clientele away and then I became my best customer of what, of the drug that I was pushing to my people. Mm. So, so in the process, what I didn't know is that the seed that came out of Minister Farrakhan's mouth, the seed being truth. Okay. In the form of words that that trans that that connected to my being was taking root in me. I didn't real I couldn't see that part of that, but all I knew is I love black people, and and I saw how you know they were hurting, and I I saw the pain. I lived the pain. I'm black myself, so I didn't want to. I just I didn't know no other way to make money, and so as I'm selling the girls the dope. I'm asking them, why are you doing this to yourself? Now, prior to me hearing Farrakhan, that wasn't even a question. Mm -hmm. That wasn't even a question on my mind. But after that, and some years later, that's when that came about. And so I was blessed. As I told you, I became my best customer. But I was blessed that um, my mother sent me to Kaplan School. And the one thing that I got out of Kaplan School that I heard Maybe one time is that they said from the Bible that ye are all God's children of the most high God and that we were made in the image and likeness of God. And for me, that stuck with me mm -hmm. up until my up until now. I mean, I understand it now totally what that means. But as a young person hearing that a young black man in the black community hearing that it did something for me. It said to me that I had power. They never really talked on that subject after that. They never said anything about it. I just heard that once, once, maybe twice, but I know for sure one time. And that one time obviously was enough for me to hear it and it take part to become part of my life and part of my thinking. And so I say that to say that it was a blessing that I heard that and and that helped me to actually come out of a life of selling drugs and using drugs. That idea, uh, along with the message that I heard from Minister Farrakhan, um, that those two things were the strength that strengthened the, the, the man, the God in me to actually come up out of that world. And the trouble I got in also played a part of 
you know, my quote unquote resurrection okay. uh, because I was looking at 30 years to life in jail because I caught four felonies back to back. Two oh, from the guy that told on me, two that I caught when I was coming home from Atlanta. And um, so that that looking at that kind of time, this was when Bill Clinton passed the three strikes in you out. Mm, mm, I kicked the door in the very first month with four class A felonies. Oh, and now I'm looking at 30 to life on some BS, what I consider wasn't even serious stuff. I mean, I, selling a little, you know, ounce here or there. And then I had a gun in my car. When I wouldn't kill nobody, I had a gun, in, a gun in my car. And um, there was no altercation with police. They saw the clip, asked me where was the gun. I gave, I told them where the gun was. That's how that happened. They gave me a unlawful use of a weapon charge. So, and then the other stuff was they never caught me with no substantial amount of drugs. They caught me with like an eight ball or whatever. But they was running that stuff concurrent, you know, mm -hmm. all at the same time. So now I get a public defender. And she's telling me, you really need to take this serious because what they're trying to give you is 30 years to life. And I was like, for what? You got four felonies. Bill Clinton just said three strikes and you out. I was like, man. And so I, today, it, I know a lot of people that went to jail for 30 years, 20 years. My brother did 15 years flat. Lord. You know? So, you know, this was everything that fuel me to to win to succeed you know yeah as a, a, the, the, and, and there's one other thing that i didn't mention as a child i was a child that was mentally abused by uh my mother's boyfriend at the time so you know growing up with a complex um where I was called stupid. Mm. I hear your ambulance. Yeah, yeah, we good. Go ahead. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was called. This man made names up and would call me that in front of my friends. You know. Yeah. So it was. I mean, just some crazy stuff. You know, that was more so attacking my mental, attacking my intelligence, telling me I was stupid. You know, and then he would beat my mother. So. All of that combined made me strike out at trying to do something for myself. My mother, my mother definitely was the person that really sparked us, mm -hmm. you know. And even with that guy that 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 was doing the mental abuse, he he was an entrepreneur. He was a, a property owner, so okay. I did learn some things from him. He did, you know, spark some things in me. But I knew I would never want to be like him in terms of putting my hands on a woman. So, so, so I never wanted to do that. So let me ask you. Let, so, me, let me ask you this right ahead. quick. I'm sorry. Uh, you've done a great job of letting us know, you know, where you came from, and a lot of a lot of points you just hit is a lot of things we were talking before you came on about, you know, some of the things that we have to do to get over to even benefit from the knowledge we have of business and things. Uh, but and also, I'm currently re reading the uh, I'm currently reading Message to the Black Man by Elijah Muhammad now. Fantastic read. Mm. But my first question, I, the question I have for you now is, at where 
could you please give us a history of your business, who you are as a businessman, and what your business be able to do for the community? And uh, can you talk to us about that? Yeah, after prison, now what's your business? You know. Like well, I, I didn't go to prison. I'm telling you, God has had His hands on my on my on, over me, brother. I'm telling you, God has had His hands over me. I hear that. So I didn't go to prison. I didn't. I wasn't. You know, hip to law or none of that. When they was bringing that time to offer me time, I kept telling the uh, public defender, I'm not going to jail. And I just kept denying it. And it got down to seven years probation uh, where I had to go to the probation officer two days out of the week and drug treatment uh, uh, three days out of the week. For seven years, I did that. Mm. And so um, I think from that point, uh, what happened is... Well, I started selling the Yellow Rose air freshener. Okay. And I went I, I went to Fryson's Flea Market that was on St. Charles Rock Road. Uh, I came back from the Million Man March. Mm. And uh, when I got back, I said, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to straighten my life all the way up. And I went down there, got a booth. And, and, and mind you, I never, ever been to a flea market at all and one day it it was just put on my spirit go to the flea market okay. i used to ride by the flea market and talk bad about the people at the flea market <laughs> why would you do that because i'm making this drug money i hear that and okay. i don't i don't i don't see that side of the coin okay see i didn't see that side of the, of the reality of making money to me it just looked like a bunch of junk okay now that's crazy because I always thought about it after the fact when 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 it was put when the voice said go to the flea market and see what a booth costs. Uh and, and, and I think that was the only reason why that happened is because when we was at the Million Man March, uh me and brother Chris Muhammad, uh Chris Muhammad is the brother that loaned me the first seventy dollars to start the business. So so if I get it correctly, you saying your startup money was seventy bucks? Seventy dollars, yes, right, sir. Right. After I after I got okay. through dealing with uh, going to trial and everything, and mm -hmm. got on probation, then I was paying. My daughter was going to his daycare, so I went in and uh, talked to him after I quit the car lot, uh, where they actually fired me. But <laughs> nevertheless, real. Uh, I, I I had the information from Superior, which did Yellow Rose, Midnight Mist, and the tie dressing, and I was excited about that. And I was telling the brother about it. I had just paid the seventy dollars tuition, and tuition, and I was going to ask him for five hundred dollars. So, as I was talking, and as you know, as know, I can, I can go, I can go, I can go with. <laughs> so, so, so the brother said, "Here, brother, let me see what you do with this seventy dollars." And I was like, "Oh man, you know, I was, in my mind, I was like, damn, I need that five hundred. But since he suggested the seventy, you know, I, I just couldn't find, make myself ask him for any more than what he offered. So mm -hmm. I took the 70 and I made a phone call to a guy that was working for a superior called Wayne. He was a dis distributor. And I told Wayne, I said, look, I want to buy a half a gallon of Yellow Rose and a half a gallon of Midnight Mist. And would you front me the bottles and I'll pay you later? And he said he would do that because I'd already established a relationship from working at the car lot with him. And uh, and once he did that, I never looked back from that seventy dollars start. And that was in nineteen 
94. So mm. speaking of speaking of that, uh, to give some listeners a little history of how me and him met, um, this is the first person that I ever seen up close in St. Louis who's actually was doing for self. So back in, by, I would say maybe about almost 10 years ago, after I had lost my job, I was trying to get into construction. All right. So one of uh, an acquaintance through him and through him, through him and me, actually, we met up. And uh, I think the first one, I think it was on California Boulevard. And this yep. man had everything, you know, mm. any and everything that you possibly a person could want. And the more questions that I asked him, the more I got intrigued about, you know, like, okay, how you doing this on your own? And what was your goal? And his growth process is, is amazing to me. So I just wanted y'all to straight up just listen so, to what he got to say. So my question is, okay, so you got the, you got your $70 startup, your seed money, you went and got uh, your fragrances, you got consignment on the, on the bottles for it. In your mind, what was your very next step? Well, it really wasn't a next step on, in my mind. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, I didn't want to go backwards. Okay. So I just kept selling air fresheners and kept selling it. And I was fascinated with the growth of what I was doing, where I started from, and how fast it was really turning the product over. And I was buying, I went from buying a half a gallon to now I'm buying five gallon jugs and, you know, mm. quite a bit of merchandise. We actually set a booth up in the flea market, one booth, and then I got two booths, and then I got three booths running back to back. So it just kept on growing, growing, growing. And then I started including clothing items in there, which was the knockoff clothes. You know, the Africans brought the knockoff game. And, um, and so I, I, I exploded with some of those things, too. So then we went from flea market and then also being in the streets. I used to be up on Page and Kings Highway at the check casting place. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. I started, I started that was you? Outside. I, it was quite a few of us. Out oh, there. okay, okay. Uh, it was quite a few of us out there, man. And, uh, you know, we rotated. I was the new guy on the block. So, you know, they try to, you know, muscle me or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was like, you know, one guy told me, he said that uh, that was his set. And I told him, I said, I don't see no no lease agreement, no <laughs> no rent agreement. So this this thing look like this look like everybody set to me. You know, and I stood on it, and and we later on became good buddies. You know what I'm saying? Ain't that how it go, though? Yeah, that's how it go. Yeah, I mean, can't nobody claim. I mean, if the drug game, they do that, and it's a consequence on you, it coming on somebody's, you know, set quote unquote, you know, in the drug game, you know. But uh, I'm looking at guys, three, four, five different guys I know, and I know they ain't paying nobody, so you ain't gonna tell me I can't be up here. So and that's just how they went down. So. With the with the group of guys that you're speaking of now, are are all these guys people with similar backgrounds to you, or some people that you had to convince, or some people that you that kind of seen what you were doing and kind of got with it? Or what did that group consist of? A lot of the guys, you know, they they kind of did not. They, well, ain't no kind of to it. They didn't adjust to the the emerging times uh, and the trends of the time. You know, the internet. You know. Uh, was really was really popping real strong um 
you know, so technology took a took a stronghold on what we what we were once doing in the streets. Technology was making it easier. People would get web pages. People are communicating by you know social media, black pages, all that kind of <laughs> yeah. stuff. <laughs> you know, so it changed the game. And how you got information, that changed the game too. And so a lot of guys that was still my age or uh, uh, older was still hustling the old way. Whereas with myself, I wanted to stay hip. So I was, you know, keeping my ear to the ground with what the young folks was talking about when it came to technology. So we got the, the, the new model phones. And I can get on the phone and Google stuff. Old guys didn't Google. They didn't. Most of the guys still, for a long time, didn't even have a computer. Okay. Wow. And so, so that kind of threw them into the eight-track stages <laughs> of life. Dinosaur yeah, I stage. You. I got you. So let you me see, ask, yeah. So let me ask you a question. What made you? Uh-huh. Right, okay, I know that you started off with your car wash. I mean, your car dressing, but then you yes. went to clothing. What made you want to? venture further and pick your own brand of laundry detergent. Can you give us a little instance of that? Yeah, that that was uh <laughs> that was uh it's kind of accidental. Um mm. because in 2015 for the very first time in my life I was homeless. Mm. You know, and uh I had sold the property that I had on Jefferson because I was going through a lot at that time, personal and some stuff that was happening with a tenant, you know, that, that was really, really ugly. Yeah. And, uh, and then, um, uh, I lost a, a piece of property to taxes, mm. um, on California and Utah. So as I was wrapping things up in St. Louis, you know, I just knew in my spirit that I had to hit my own personal bottom. And this this bottom for me wasn't from drugs. This was just a bottom that I could I could not see no way around. I just I even had I got some money from the building on Jefferson, and and you know I went and bought me a car. Audi I bought an Audi A8 from the auction for three thousand dollars. I, I kind of splurged the money on myself. You know I just did some things that I wanted to do. Drove all the way to California. Bought me some suits, tailor made for me. Good I just Lord. did some things right. that I bought out a little bit. Player, player. You know, yeah. <laughs> and um, but nevertheless, I knew in my spirit that God was trying to even let me know, no matter what I did, I was gonna hit bottom. And I literally hit bottom when I when I came back to St. Louis. And what got me to come back to St. Louis was I had some private investigators that. Well, whenever you lose a house for back taxes, if the house sells for more than what you owed on it, then the difference, the city really owes you that. Now, mm-hmm. people don't know that because what they'll do is send the, that letter that's saying that they owe you X, Y, Z amount of dollars. They'll send that letter to that house you lost. Oh, okay. No, Nobody's going to be there. Right. So they have to hold it in an escrow for a whole year. And after that, then the city gets to spend the money. Well, there's there's a business in that. And these private investigators, 
they they get the records when the house is sale and they look at how much it sell for what was owed on it and if it's a substantial amount enough for them they're going to reach out and find find out where you are where they found me in las vegas goodness gracious and for me i don't i don't jail well with any letter people you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. So, Say you less. talking about P.I., F.B.I., C.I.A. <laughs> not, not, Say none of the above. Black people. Say black less. Black people, man, we, 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 we like, we ain't answering that call. We ain't answering that dough. You nah, know, that's what, what it is. So I had to ask my mentor. I say, man, these, this private investigator come calling me talking about I got money back in St. Louis. Uh, at City Hall, owe me some money for uh, the difference of what my house was sold for. In fact, and I said, "Is that true?" He said, "Yes, sir, that's true." So it was a sum of seventeen thousand dollars that I was supposed to get back. So, on my way to leaving Las Vegas, because I was there to learn how to do dentures, but when I heard that seventeen grand, I was like, "Oh, let me go back to St. Louis." And my partner told me, my mentor told me at that moment, he said. I'm just going to say this to you, brother. It's okay to leave money on the table. Mm. And he ain't say nothing else. And I, I heard that, and I told him I'm on my way. He, and all he said to me was, be safe in your travels, bro. Call me when you get there. Okay. And when I got here, I was faced with the ugly reality that I no longer own real estate, and I'm now I got to find out where I want to stay, and I didn't want to stay with anybody. I couldn't get an apartment because I didn't have good credit, mm. but I had this really nice Audi A8, <laughs> and I said, well, shit, I'm going to sleep in the back seat of this car. Yeah, and man. I slept in that car for 35 days, brother. Mm. So the laundry detergent came as, as I was in the car, I went over to a flea market in Illinois, and this, this white guy I know, he, uh, I told him what was going on with me. I had bought laundry detergent from him before, but he was always trying to get me to sell it. So he gave me $600 worth of laundry detergent, and I took it, and I sat on it for maybe a month before I really got motivated to start selling it. And then it clicked on in my mind. I was like, wait a minute. Who don't need laundry detergent? Right. You know, I, I really started thinking like this is better than drugs because mm-hmm. everybody, everybody needs laundry. this. The yeah. dope thing, the everybody, alcoholic, you know, mm-hmm. everybody going to use laundry detergent. So I started, I, I got more serious about it and I started selling it and selling it. And then this, the guy, same guy that was, I got it, that gave it to me. I was getting it at $20 from him and he was saying sell it for 25 I didn't know nothing about the business at that time. But what I did know is that that bucket weighed 45 pounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So every time I lift that bucket and said, I'm only making $5 for this, <laughs> nah, this ain't, gonna, this ain't making sense. But it did. The laundry detergent itself made sense. Right. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I got to get paid right. So what I did was I went and calculated the ounces uh, that was being sold in the stores and how much they selling the ounces for. And um, hold on one minute. Uh, uh, and so, um, and when it came up to it for five gallons, the number was around $80. Ooh. 
for five if you spend five if you bought five what's equivalent to five five gallons of laundry detergent in the store you're gonna be right at 80 bucks mm. so i'm like well damn the price of this can go up to easy 35 and i took it to 35 and um and then at, at 35 i was like no that's still too low because if i'm gonna wholesale it the guys in the street gotta get it at a price where they can at least double up on it. Mm-hmm. So I took it to forty, and then I went and found out because the white guy he he thought I was just some dumb Negro. Of course, and um, he thought that I was just gonna keep buying it from him forever. I was trying to get him to cut me in, and he wouldn't cut me in the play. So I had already been to trade shows, so I already know how to deal with the, the manufacturer so i started calling around trying to find a manufacturer and then i said wait a minute i'm gonna drop his name on some of these manufacturers and i dropped them sure enough i i ran across his manufacturer say okay good i need to come give me your address i'm coming to meet with you and at, in the beginning there was some hesitancy on their part to work with me mm. but they they knew because they were foreigners and they knew that this guy was a very racist type of guy. So it wasn't too hard to convince them to deal with me. And and I did. But then I got dissatisfied with their inconsistency mm. and found another manufacturer that would do detergent the way I would ask them to do it. And that's the manufacturer I've been with now for the last, I'm going to say, five years. So are- And the relationship has been good. Uh, you know, and this, and it, we're making. I'm making money. They're making money. I wholesale laundry detergent. You know, uh, to quite a few different people here in the city, outside of the city as well. So, were you and able that, to find? Were you able to find mo- most of these manufacturers within St. Louis, or did you have to travel? Or how was that like? Yeah, I tried to find manufacturers in St. St. Louis, but um, I didn't. I didn't find none that um, that would do it. You know deal with me the way I felt I need to be dealt with. And actually, the the company that I was dealing with, it was one of their employees that branched off and started his own company, and he actually called me. Mm. And I hesitated on moving uh, on the guy for a minute because I was dealing with this other company. But then while I was in Chicago, I said, let me just ride by his place and see what he got. And um, I went by there. He gave me some samples, and he really wanted my business. He gave me a number that was so, I mean, put me right in the play where I could wholesale and still uh, make a little few dollars off the wholesale, and 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 and, and then turn to retail. So it was it was just a, a match. It, mm. it, everything worked out. The the product was good. I could go to him and say, hey, "Man, develop this product for me." He he does that, you know. So. It just everything was a match, and I've been locked in. I grandfathered into a price already, and um, so yeah, that means that's the St. Louis region. I you don't it has I haven't found anybody that that really manufactures. Uh, like I say, Chicago is so many places to go. Really? It's can a you, huge city. Can you tell us, listeners, our listeners, what uh, what's the name of your brand? Lift L I F T. Oh, okay. And our slogans is is lift it lifts stains with no strains. <laughs> I like it. Okay, I like it a <laughs> yes, lot. Okay. I like it yep. a lot. So, so how long have you been in the building that you're currently in? 
five years now. When I came back, I found this when I was sleeping in the backseat of my car as well. Um, so the same guy that was in Vegas, it, he taught me how to buy real estate. Mm. So being in this position, when I got back here, I remember what he said. It's okay to leave money on the table. And seeing that I didn't want to leave none on the table and I'm sleeping in the backseat of my car, all these demons from the past started creeping up on me, started messing with my mind. Okay. And so now I'm in the backseat of the car. I dropped out of high school. I never been to college. Uh, I never went to the military. And in America, if you are in that situation, more than likely they're going to count you out as a failure. You won't succeed. You're not going to make it in this world That's according to the status quo in America. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see that for myself. I didn't see that for myself. So, you know, I called my mentor and I, I was sharing with him that, you know, Hey, you know, I need to talk, you know, I, I'm in a position where I, I'm not used to this. And he told me, he said, well, I'm going to say this to you. Go to Walmart, get you a pillow, get you a comforter. Do not go to nobody's house and stay. You know, he said, regardless to where you think you at, you're not as bad as you think you are. But everybody that are, that's around you is going to try to make you feel that you're in a worse situation. So what you do is you just stay away from everybody and you just deal with the situation the way you know how to deal deal with it. You try to do what you've been doing. Mm. And so I remember one night I was in the car, literally in the car crying because I, I've never been homeless. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I felt like my life was over with, you know, because you, when you, when you have used some drugs, man, you know, you, that, that, that chemical is, you can smell it on people. No doubt. You you can smell it, and if you ain't together, it could trigger you using again. Mm -hmm. Okay? And, and I know a lot of people that I know personally just being in the wrong place have went back to using. It's, it's really hard to overcome drug addiction for, the, for, for, for a lot of people. So I never look down on my people that are in the streets that most people roll the window up on. I just asked God to help them out of that situation because I, it could have easily been me because the high is so intense. The drug is so chemically uh, uh, made for our bodies. See, this ain't nothing that God did. This is something that the, 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 our oppressors knew to do. They knew that they knew they created the crack cocaine and they, mm -hmm. they didn't just create it on the humbug. It was scientifically made to fit our DNA. So. So when you when you you when you understand that, you know, you have a little compassion, you know, for a brother or sister that's struggling to come off drugs. So in, in that moment, in my thinking, in that moment, I'm in the car and I'm I'm, I'm in there really crying because I'm. I'm trying. I'm like, man, I can't allow myself to go backwards. My partner called me mm -hmm. and he said, hey, brother, I don't care what's going on in your head right now. 
you're the reason that I ran for mayor of this beautiful city of Las Vegas twice. You're the reason I ran for governor of the state of Nevada. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here living the life that I'm living. So don't let nothing outside of you or what's going on in your thinking make you feel less than who I know you are. That was a message from God for me. You see? Yeah. At the time, do you remember the the mayor's name? The guy's name? Uh, Goodman is the Goodman. His wife is uh, the the mayor down in in Vegas. Is a uh, Goodman. He's a Caucasian Jew. I think Jew guy. But my partner, uh, 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 Abdul Rashid Shabazz, was from St. Louis. He went down to Vegas 2001. We went together to the Magic Show. That's how he got introduced to Las Vegas. And when when I came back. He was like, brother, I got to stay a few more days. This city is dynamic. I heard that. And, and now he, he, he's, he's for real, for real. He's not a gambler, man. None of that kind of stuff. He's a very, very serious businessman. Okay. And his history, if you just could know about this brother's history, I, I'm, I'm just blessed to have a mentor as sharp as he is. When I tell you he's sharp, I buy real estate, brother, without using the bank. Uh, I got a mortgage calculator on my phone. This is what he taught me. I was one of his tenants. He told me one day uh, that it would benefit him more if I learned how to buy real estate than just me paying him $350 a month rent. Uh, and he taught me. And I went on ahead and, and, and he said, one day you might own more real estate than me. And he laughed when we talked. He say, I told you then, one day you may own more real estate than me. And look at you now. Mm. You see? So, so you don't meet very many people like that in your lifetime. Most of us never meet a person like that. If we don't meet them, we, if we might meet them, but we don't listen to them. You know what I mean? So, fellas, well, that, so true. what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up. I know you got a successful business. Won't you go ahead and shoot your plug? Give us your address. Give us... What you got going? Show us what you got going. What you do on Facebook? Can you put this on the on the show so we can our listeners can actually enjoy and come and visit your shop? Oh, definitely, definitely. And you and, and we always tell everybody that we talk to is black and got a business. Your customer service has to be superb, the best. And at the soap shop, we at eighty thirty three North Broadway six three one four seven. It's called The Soap Shop, and um, we're on Facebook as uh, The Soap Shop on 8033 North Broadway. My name is Robert, 11 spelled out, X minor. Robert, 11 X minor on Facebook, and um, we have so much information that we publish on, I got about 20 maybe 30 pages, different Facebook pages. And, and it's just a lot, a lot of information that we share. All right. So thank you my, for, for gracing us with That's my business. Man, I'll tell you oh, what I'm I learned sorry, a lot from dog, the story. Yeah. Of, uh, but uh, you can de definitely check us out on Facebook. Most definitely. Look, I know you got a lot of stories, and I picked up a lot of jewels out of the story you just gave us. So for you sure. definitely have to come back, man. Please do. All right, I would love to, bro. Love to. All right, thank you, Mr. Robert Eleven X. Um, and you, you heard him. You know what I'm saying? I, I actually bought from him. I got five gallons worth of 
laundry detergent now that I'm going to probably use for the next two years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I, I yes, actually, sir. Hey, I actually buy T-shirts from every week. Like $3 a piece, dude. You can't find these no cheaper. Nowhere in the city. So, no doubt. So thanks, man. Um, as always, just whenever you want to get down, look, I know you got more. We got the schedule list. We got to get our timing right. And you sit down, come to the studio, and just run us the whole gauntlet, if you don't mind. Hey, look here. Oh, we're going to do that, brother. I would love to do that and sit down. It's, it's so much more to the story mm-hmm. uh, and so much knowledge to be given through the story. You know, so, and I want to definitely share it with the people so they can benefit from it. No doubt, man. So we'll get that uh, worked out, and you have a great day, okay? Yeah, we'll talk to you. Thank you. You guys do the same. Thank you for inviting me on your show. Hey, thank you no for problem. coming on. Please come back. Yes, sir. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. Peace. Man, I learned a lot from that one. Um, that was Robert Levin X over in Baden. I, I had more questions to ask him, but we we pressing up against time. But even in the story that we got, he just hit a lot of stuff we was already talking about. You know and what I mean? That we was already into. Speaking of Baden too, he's he's in Baden. That's what kind of like that kind of went together perfectly. Yep. So hey, so we're gonna get out of here, man. Uh, we hit a lot of topics. We could hit a lot more. We're gonna have to revisit this in the in a couple of uh, episodes and go from there. Hey, but this has been another episode of What We Doing It's Your Man, H.T. Sims. This is the mix. Joffy Jofa, as I say, thank you to the man upstairs or the lady upstairs, and take care of yourself. Okay. Y'all met him. Yeah.